0: Fly ball, left field, it's deep. And it is.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to Broad Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast, episode number thirteen. Uh, as ever, I am joined by Ryan Owen from Road to Tricks. Ryan, how are you, buddy?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm delightful this week. It's been a nice break from baseball, hasn't it, David?
1: It has. I've had a chance to get into a sleep routine, catch
2: up on sleep. It's been it's
1: been quite nice, but I'm not gonna lie, like Ryan, I'm I'm ready for baseball again.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm always ready for baseball. I I'll, uh, I'll, won't I'll like the break when it's sort of a, a winter break, I'll tell you that. So I'm looking forward to this second half.
1: No, it has been nice to wake up and not seeing uh, losses against us as well and waking up in a bad mood. It's nice to wake up with a clear head. Um, Have <laughs> you see any of the All-Star game or the home run derby?
2: I must admit that I did not. I took a complete hiatus from the game. You and me both, mate. You and me both. If there was more Philly players
1: involved in the in the home run derby or the, the all-star break, then I may have stayed up, to, stayed up and watched it, but no, I was the same. Complete hiatus, just four or five days without baseball, and now I'm ready. I'm refreshed. We've got a game tonight at 11 o'clock our time. It's on BT. I'm going to stay up and watch that, and uh, let's just kick off this second half of the season in, in good form. Uh, but first of all, Ryan, before we talk about the week ahead, we have got a very special guest on. Uh, it is NBC's play-by-play announcer, Tom McCarthy. So first of all, here is a great interview with Tom. Right, so here we go. It gives me absolute great pleasure to welcome to the show NBC Sports play-by-play announcer, Tom McCarthy. Tom, how are you?
0: Dave, I'm doing great. Just got done with four days at the beach, so I'm feeling pretty good. I got a little burned up top here. My freckles (laughs) were popping out a little bit. Uh, But it was good. It was good to get away. It's nice to be back, though. Where else did you go, Tom? So we have a place in Ocean City, New Jersey that we like nice. to go down to. Yeah. So um, we don't we rent it a lot during the summer, but we get a chance to use it during the All-Star break. And then one other week, my wife goes down with my with her family uh, in August. So it's kind of cool.
1: And I suppose after because for you as well, well, as the players and the team, you've you've been on the road and and. and- announcing games nonstop since April as well. So it must be nice for you to have a nice break with your family as well.
0: It's great. You know, it, I, was, I was fortunate because all four of my kids, I mean, two of whom are working now, one's broadcasting our games in Lehigh Valley. The other one is trying to latch on with an independent league team to play, but also is coaching at Ryder University. Oh, wow! They were actually able to get down there. So that was cool. I mean, oh, brilliant. Yeah. And my two daughters, who um, one's in college, the other one's in high school. I mean, they were down the whole week. So it was kind of neat. But my brother's there. My mom is there. And uh, some of my nieces and uh, they get a chance to kind of catch up with each other, which is, co- which is pretty cool. Oh,
1: wow. I bet that was fantastic. And did, yeah. did you cut yourself away from baseball completely? Did you watch the All-Star or the Home I, Run Derby? I watched or?
0: the entire Home Run Derby. Um, I did fall asleep at the end of the All-Star <laughs> game. I didn't mean to, uh, but I was trying to watch the end of the All-Star game. Uh, but I watched the entire Home Run Derby. I watched the tiebreaker between Vlad um, and Jock Peterson. I'll which be was with great you. wasn't
1: it it was great it was awesome
0: I, I have to say that I, when I first started I was like yeah home run derby you know we used to have him in the minor leagues all the time in fact Vladimir's father was in our home run derby in Trenton when I was in Trenton we hosted the all-star game uh so it was kind of neat but I, I never used to watch it as often as I watched this one and I've watched it over the last couple of years so it was pretty cool
1: yeah my first one to be honest actually was last year's when Reese was in it. really They'd never really paid much attention but I think for the first time they were showing it live over here as well. So, and Reese was in it. So I stayed up and watched it and I yeah. really, really well, for enjoyed you, it. I mean, it for you, you,
0: let's see, it was over. You, Midnight, you probably had well, to well, step like four 35 o'clock your time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was,
1: it was, it was on a Monday night. I had no work the next day. So I thought, okay. I'll watch the start of it and see how it goes. And it got to about four 30. It was like, <laughs> I, I need to see who wins this. This is great.
0: Yeah. I my boys love it. Um, You know, and my nephews love it. So, you know, it's, it's on in the house, so I just sat and watched the whole thing. I mean, I, again, the Jack Peterson Vladimir Guerrero thing—that was awesome. I mean, it yeah, really it, was. I it, I actually inadvertently p- picked Pete Alonso to win it because we talked about it on the air. I didn't mm. mean to. Uh, I don't know what I won though. I don't think I won anything, but uh, that's who I picked.
1: And uh, <laughs> yeah, that 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 man's having some season, isn't he?
0: I know it's the Phillies podcast,
1: but my word. Uh, no, nah, he is. I mean. Give it uh, to him.
0: You know, we were we were fortunate when Reese came up that Reese had you know this the the last two months of the season that he had when he was a rookie. Uh, this kid's pretty special. I mean, he and that McNeil kid on the right side. I mean, that's they're going to be difficult moving forward. But you know, they don't have as many pieces as the Phillies do. They don't have as many pieces as the Nationals do, or or uh, as many pieces as the Braves do. Uh, but they those two guys are pretty darn good. They are.
1: They are. They've caused us problems uh, already this year. Yeah. Um, going into the field season, so we, we're going to kickstart again. Uh, the same record as the uh, Nationals and the wild cards, uh, 47-43. A, a, a really tough series against Nationals and Dodgers coming up. But this is what it's all about, isn't it? This is, this is, these two series are huge.
0: Yeah, I, I think this next week, I mean, it's not going to make or break the team or the no. season, but it's going to go a long way in deciding what they are going to do. Uh, are they underachieving? Yeah, I guess you have to say that they're underachieving right now. Uh, the Nationals are, are flying high, and, and they've got Strasbourg tonight against Pavetta. So you, you would think on paper they have the advantage. Uh, I think it's important for the Phillies to just keep winning series. You know, they've got these three, win this series. Then they got four against the Dodgers. It's going to be tough to win three or four, but, but win three or four. Just have that mindset to just keep on winning series as they move forward. And, and I think they'll be fine. You know, people, people have asked me, will they buy at the trade deadline? Well, we're getting there. As far as mm. the deadline goes, I, I think they will. I think that they've 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 gone all in with the signing of Harper, the trading of Real Muto, the trading for Segura, the trading for Bruce. Uh, so, but I think this is a big start tonight for Nick Pavetta. I really do, and I think even if it's beyond tonight, these next couple of starts are big for Nick Pavetta. I think they're big for Vince Velasquez, and I also think they're big for Jake, just to see if he can pitch through the uh, bone spur in his elbow.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's. Nick, Nick Pavetta, we've seen both sides of Nick, haven't we? We've yeah, seen absolute we have. brilliance yep. from Nick. And when he's on it, wow. I was at the Reds game when he uh, when he pitched an absolute gem. And you look at him yep. going, he's, he's got it. It's there. It's just the consistency. It's on a regular basis. And if we get that tonight, no doubt. It's, it, we, we, we've got every chance tonight. Uh, Nola and Corbin tomorrow, that could be a bit of a pitcher's duel. That's that's a great little pitcher lineup. And then Scherzer on Sunday. Yeah, wow. that That's a toughie. If it is Jake or even if it's Eflin, that. if we can get anything out of that, that would be a statement.
0: I agree with that. I mean, it's, um, you know, the Nationals, I mean, this is their advantage. I mean, they have, listen, their offense is good too, but their, their starting staff is their advantage. Their bullpen is one of their disadvantages. It's better than it was. It was on pace to be one of the worst in baseball history. uh, ERA wise. It was actually third when we last saw them down at Nationals Park. That's right. Yeah. But their staff, their staff is their, their foundation right now. And it's, you know, if they stay healthy, they're going to be they're going to be a pain in the neck. I mean, they are. I mean, all I mean, all three of these teams are going to be a pain in the neck. The Phillies, the Mets, uh, excuse me, the Phillies, the Nationals, and the Braves. I mean, it could be a very good race, but again, these next couple of weeks are really important for the Phillies.
1: It is, and the, the Nationals and the Braves play each other twice in the next yes. couple of weeks as well. And the Braves have got the Padres, who just the Dodgers going into the All Star break, and they're away uh, in Milwaukee as well. So. It, it could be again, not defining, but it could be it could close everything up again in the next couple of weeks
0: well, I don't know if you if you look at you know what the Vegas odd numbers are um, you, you you obviously there's a lot of betting going on over in England, so you can yeah, see these yeah. different numbers, but there's, you know a lot of them yeah I will tell you that six weeks ago when Vegas was saying that the Braves had a better chance of of making the postseason than the Phillies, I said, are they crazy? I mean, the Phillies are three and a half up right now yeah. yeah. But they it's weird. They know the numbers, and they know that they looked at the schedule, obviously, and everything else, uh, but they still have these three teams. Uh, the Nationals are now ahead of the Phillies as far as the odd, oddsmakers go, whether you buy into that or not. Uh, so the Nats are, Nats are playing pretty well. Obviously, the Braves, I, I agree with you. I think the Padres series right out of the gate, traveling out to the West, uh, and then the Brewers series, that, that's, that's a tough matchup for them. But it's not any easier for the Phillies, because the only good thing is that the Phillies are home.
1: Yeah, and our home form has, has really kept us going this year. Yep. It's, been, it's been really good. Um, so, so uh, quick talk on the UK. You've been to the UK a few times, haven't you, Tom?
0: Yeah, I, I, love, I love going over to London. I, I do. I mean, I, and I love doing football games over there. Uh, I, I wish and I hope that eventually the Phillies will be one of the major league teams that goes over. I understand the rivalry part of it with the Yankees and Red Sox, the Cardinals and the Cubs. I get that. You know, they may do the Dodgers and the Giants. In mm. a couple of years, but I hope the Phillies get a chance to go over there because I, I've, I have enjoyed, and I think I'm going this year again, uh, in November, the first weekend in November. Uh, I've enjoyed all of the games I've done over in England. I, I love the, you know, I obviously love the, the pub hopping. I love the, the energy of the city, uh, the history of it. I mean, I've gotten on, I've gotten on the, uh, I've gotten to go other other countries too. Uh, I've gone to Paris, uh, but yeah. I, I really do love London. I really do.
1: Are you allowed to take your family over as well when you, when you come over to the Yeah,
0: So I, I have I, I, my wife and my, my entire family came over one time and then my boys come over sometimes because they'll do stats for me or they will be my right. spotter for football. So that's kind of neat because they're kind of involved in the business to a certain extent, but they, I use them for my NFL games on CBS and they've become really good at what they do. Uh, they're reliable, which is the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So it's neat. It's neat to expose them to that kind yeah. of environment. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, you know, we've got a we've got the soccer matches over there at Fulham. Uh, we've got a Manchester United. Uh, you know, it's kind of neat. It's just kind of neat to expose them to something that's that they don't generally get a chance to see over here in the states.
1: Absolutely, it's the same for me when I go over to the states. I mm-hmm. like to not only go to the baseball and see the Phillies, but try and get as much culture in as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the Churchill Rooms. I love that. I, I spent yeah, that, yeah. I, I spent over three hours in there one day. I mean, it was just a uh, mind blowing to think about. You know, just how how short a period of time it was that mm. that happened yeah. and you know it, it's it's just a great place i really enjoy it
1: and have you been over to pass Yonk Avenue? haven't you
0: i haven't i will this year Ooh, though. I definitely gotta do will. it
1: this year yeah Absolutely. i definitely
0: will I, I actually we were talking about that today when i was telling my family that i was going on with you um i said i've got to make sure i get over there i've told people about it in fact i, I just told I told some people that were going over for the Yankees and the Red Sox series to look it up because they had to go over their Philadelphia folks. Uh, and I don't know if they did or not, but, uh, they were, they were planning on it.
1: There was some, uh, oh, Ryan, who does the podcast with me, he bumped into someone from whip who oh, was, really? was out there. Yeah. He, cool. he didn't get his name. He, he, Ryan said he gave him his email address, but they never that's got back cool. in touch. Yeah, that's um, cool. I, I think that's cu- great. A couple of the whip guys were over there. So, uh, Hopefully just, you know, assessing it all and seeing if it can work. My fingers yeah, I'm, are crossed.
0: I'm, I'm planning on – I'm planning on. Uh, so when I go out for the NFL, a lot of times if I do two games, I'm there obviously for a week. Uh, I think I'm only doing one, so I'm going out, let's say, Thursday night. i leaving here Thursday night, getting there Friday morning. So my Friday, Saturdays are usually pretty clear, so I'll go one of those days.
1: Yeah, but if you do, let me know. It would be great to be with you, Tom. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I think I if, if it's the one at Wembley, I think I'm going to that anyway.
0: Yeah, you know what I, somebody asked me if it was if it was the one at Wembley or not. Um I was I don't know. I was hoping it was at the new stadium cuz I just uh, want to Tottenham, see Tottenham, yeah. Tottenham, yeah. Um but I love Wembley too. I love being outside. I love, you know, sitting it's you sit in this like desk like you're going to, like yeah. to a school and, and broadcasting a game. So it's pretty neat.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So uh, going going back a while uh Tom, uh, growing up in New Jersey, you did. Were, mm. were you a Phillies fan growing up?
0: I was actually a Mets fan growing up. Oh, right. um, so where I grew up is, I, I was born in North Jersey, but only lived there till I was two. Then we moved to right. Central Jersey. So I grew up basically in a Yankee household, but I was not a Yankee fan. I was a, I was a Mets fan because my grandparents were Mets fans. So I kind right. of latched on to what they did. Um, but my dad, it was so cool because where I grew up, we would go to Yankee games, Mets games, and Phillies games. So we would come, we'd probably go to the, to Yankee Stadium three times, we'd probably go to Shea Stadium three times, and we'd come to the vet probably three or four times because it was a lot easier to get to. We'd just go down Route 70, which goes right across the state from the shore. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was really fortunate from that standpoint because I, I also got a chance to watch all three teams because of the way the TV was set up. You know, we were fortunate. Like, I don't think any other city has this o- or any of this area has this opportunity where I could see or listen to all three of the, the teams on oh, wow. separate yeah. channels. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was cool. It was cool.
1: And growing up, was was your career – did you always want to be a play-by-play announcer? Was that always the dream?
0: Well, I think I always wanted to do it, but never knew anybody that was doing it. So at that point, you felt like it was out of reach. I honestly – and I, I thought I was good enough to do it. I went to college to play baseball. That's my whole oh, wow. objective. Um, I applied to all these different schools. I was a different major in all the schools. I wound up going – To what is now called the college in new jersey and i went there as a biology major terrible biology major (laughs) really bad uh but i thought i was gonna be a doctor uh i took the mcats all that stuff yeah when i was there i got cut from the baseball team which was a total shock at that point and was going to transfer uh and to play because a couple other schools were still interested in me going to play and i decided you know what i'm content with not playing i wound up playing in the summer for six or seven years with basically the team that, uh, that I got cut from with a lot yeah. of those guys and a lot of other college players and um, still played the game, which was great, but still stayed there. My older brother was there. He had played baseball at, at what was Trenton State College at the time. Anyway, after I got cut, I still needed to do something in sports. So I became a writer. So even though I was a biology major for the first two and a half years, I knew I wasn't going to, my academics weren't good enough. So I, <laughs> yeah. ta- I started writing. And writing led to broadcasting. Somebody told me I had a good voice that I should think about doing this, uh, and that's all I needed. Because as as sports fans, I always wanted to do something in sports, but you, you never yeah. really felt like you could. So my dad worked for the phone company. My mom was a stay at home mom. My grandfather was a meat packer. My other grandfather owned his own business. So my thought was, I'm going to own my own business. Or I'm going to be a lawyer, a doctor, you know, <laughs> something that you see every day. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Broadcasting, I mean, you, you, I never met anybody that broadcasted. So it's like, I can't do this. But once I started doing it, one thing kind of led to another. And, and I, I've been fortunate. I have not. I've lived in the same house in Jersey for over 20 years. I've lived in the same area for over almost 30 years. So I've been really lucky that I haven't had to move. I had, I've had opportunities to move. Uh, But they just didn't fit my family. And, you know, to me, the most important things, am I a good father? Am I a good husband? Career, you know, is third or fourth, depending on family. Yeah, of course. How important is my, you know, is my family? Uh, So even though I had those other opportunities, you know, in the NBA or in Major League Baseball, I just felt like for my family, the right thing to do was to stay in the area. So when I got the Mets job after five years with the Phillies, what was great about it it was more responsibility, but I didn't have to move, so I could keep yeah. everybody right where they were. Um, and then eventually, you know, after two years, came back to the Phillies, which has been incredible. So,
1: it has, did you when you came back to the Phillies? Obviously, of course, you were replacing the late great Harry Callis. Did you did you feel extra pressure and, and extra nerves? You know, not really. Big it,
0: shoes, or it's it's funny, Dave. I, I, I've never been that kind of person where I w- got worked up about about a lot of things. Um, <clears throat> Harry, when I left, Harry congratulated me, was happy for me because he knew it was more responsibility. When I came back, he was the first person that called because he was happy that I was coming back because he knew that eventually, if everything worked out 10, 12 years, whatever, that I would, I would slide in, uh, in his place. I mean, we obviously didn't know he would pass away a year later. That wasn't yeah, the yeah. plan. Yeah. Um, but I, I never did because I knew I was different. Uh, anybody that replaced him was going to be different. Uh, of course. I, was, yeah. I was a younger broadcaster. I was 36 years old at the time. And, um, you know, he always told us, he told me this. He told Scott Graham this. He told Scott Franski this. Got to be yourself. And Wheels said that to us all the time. He said, you've got to be yourself. Because if you're not, people will be able to tell. I mean, it, it just, it won't be natural. You can't fake it for that long. Nobody's that good where they can fake it for that long. So I never felt the pressure to uh, take it take over for him. Cause I just felt like I was the next guy. Uh, and then mm. after me, there'll be a next guy. And some people will like him more. Some people will like him less. And that's just the way it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You your your home run your home run call it is gone. It is. I always every <laughs> time you say it, I always find myself doing it along with you, especially. It is <laughs> gone. I'm there in my in my living room screaming it with you. Have Have you always had that like? No, I haven't. Um, or, or is that just no,
0: developed over time? It's just developed. I, I, I'm a big believer, uh, and I tell young broadcasters this all the time that you can't anticipate a home run. I mean, I, there, most of them I, I see off the bat, I know they're gone, yeah. um, but. I never want to get caught. And I have. Uh, I marked out in my book, you know, how many times per year I'll get caught where I think a ball is gone and it gets caught at the fence. The wind blows it in or if I've misread it. Um, we, we had one in Florida last week. Mike Franco hit one. I mean, it was...
1: Yes, I remember this. I remember because you guys thought it was all gone. And we, we, we did it. We did it at home.
0: <laughs> John stood up like this. And I'm like, that ball is way out of here. And it was caught at the fence. So I never... You know, a lot of times I'll know if a ball's gone off the bat, but I will never say off the unless it's, you know, three miles away. Um, There was a home run that Harper hit against Zach Wheeler that I knew was gone and I kind of hit it like it was gone almost right from the get go about two weeks ago. But I've always felt like you can't, you know, you can't anticipate home runs and you have to kind of build it. So long story short, when I was in the minor leagues uh, that my home run call was more out of here. And it wasn't yeah. based on Harry. It was just based on there's not many ways you can call a home run. Yeah, that's uh, true, I, that's knew, true. I knew when I came here, I, I could have used out of here because that was Harry's call. Uh, and I would never do it because he because nobody made the big call better than him. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I just kind of built one as I was going through the farm system. I had one year where I, I said goodbye, John LaVenda, because the ball was, <laughs> had John LaVenda's signature on. it. He was the president of the Eastern League. And uh, it got like national write-ups, and, and I didn't mean to do it. I did it as a joke <laughs> one time. Uh, you know, I had a home run call here, my first first year at this ballpark. Ryan Howard and Brett Myers challenged me to make a call, Apo Bapo. If Ryan hit one the opposite <laughs> way, well, it turned out he hit one that night opposite way. So I said Apo Bapo, just as a you know, to, <laughs> as a joke. And there are people that still talk to me about that, say, you should bring that back. I said, bring it back. I only used it one time. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah. So my home run call, uh, everyone is different. Some are line drives. Some are high fly balls. uh, Some are tattooed. Some are, you know, in a lot of these ballparks. Some are just, you know, barely over the fence. So I try to describe it all differently. I mean, gone is obviously there. If I know it's gone, you can usually tell from the beginning. I have a certain way of getting to it pretty fast um but for the most part i don't like to anticipate it i know some people listen harry had the best home run call in the history of home run calls yeah and he yeah, would yeah. nail it every single time and, and i i just can't do that you know there are too many times that i feel like i'll get caught with a ball that's at the warning track or you know just didn't get out and i think <laughs> yeah. sometimes that sounds sillier so
1: and in the big moments the players like the Harper first run or yeah. the players about to reach a milestone. Do you sort of have a a prescript in your head of like no. like no. the night before? Or is it completely
0: it's completely you know, as off it the cuff. It's completely yeah. off the cuff. Um I just you know Dave, my thing is if I sat there I have so many things in front of me, particularly on TV, because I have a you know a producer in my ear, I have a director in my ear, I have a stat guy in my ear. Um, I've been being given cards. I've been, I'm being given an iPad to read promos. It just adds to the clutter that I have in front of me. So if I had a scripted call and believe me, I know there are guys that do it and they're really good at it. I can usually tell if it's scripted. If I had a scripted call, I had it sit in front of me half the time I'd lose it anyway, because (laughs) there's so many things that are in front of me at a ballpark that I just, you know, I can't. I don't yeah. know. It wouldn't, it would not flow. It would not flow. Because um, something
1: the Harper one in, in Washington, the first one, yeah. I'm this for a homecoming. And I was like, yeah, 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 that, yeah. that was the moment. That was yeah. really good.
0: I, I mean, I guess in my head, I I anticipate it when the call's happening. Uh, I'm not bright enough, I guess, half the time to, to, to lay it out because sometimes like, let's say if, if Bryce's first home run was like a, like it just barely got over the wall into the corner and just, you know, whatever it would, it would throw off a scripted call. It just would throw it off. Yeah. So, is, you know, like holiday's perfect game. I, my biggest thing with holiday's perfect game is like, man, I said, man, I just don't screw this up. Um, yeah, and it, yeah. it was more of a radio call than it was anything else because I just wanted to make sure I nailed the whole thing more than anything else.
1: Do, do you ever watch games back or big moments back oh, after yeah, the, the game? And then, and then, and then do you, do you some of them, do you think, oh, I, could have probably done that differently or better.
0: Absolutely. And if if you don't, if you're not that way, I mean, I'm I'm content with my calls most of the time, but if you do not assess yourself, uh, you're just not going to get better. So it used to be, I will tell you, when I first, when I moved from radio to TV, I watched the games every day. And Mm. I finally decided, you know what? I don't know if that is, you know, that's, maybe it's therapeutic, but it's certainly not going to help. So I will watch it every, you know, uh, every 10 days or so. Or if I don't like the way a call sounded, uh, I immediately, like when I go home, I'll watch it for like a half hour just to see how I built it and how right, it went yeah. in. Uh, that type is, is, of thing. is there any
1: examples of, of ones that you haven't been happy with? And-
0: well, I'll tell you, the, the Franco one where I thought it was gone, I was mad at. But then I, <laughs> I listened back to it, watched it, and I thought... Like, I, I, I thought John's reaction was great because he thought it was gone too. So I thought we were funny <laughs> about it. Um, you know, the, the one division title in Washington when Roy Halliday pitched the complete game, I wish I did that one better because I didn't right. like it. It sounded fine yeah, and it, it's used everywhere. But I wish, and part of it is we are above the stadium. That's our vantage point. And I can't remember, something happens with our equipment. I don't know, I, was kind of, I felt like I was thrown off. I felt like I was not focused on it right, um, yeah. well enough. I'll tell you, the other day, when Harper hit his 200th and it got his 1,000th hit, when I called it, uh, there was something that was happening in the booth right when it happened. And my attention span was starting to waver a little bit. So I went back, listened to that a couple of times. I like, okay, that's fine. Um, and it was a monumental play because it was 200th home run with his 1000th hit. Yeah, So yeah, nobody had ever done very it. Before. Rare, very rare. Yeah. Very rare. So I listened to that. I, I didn't know how I'd like that one before I did it. Uh, but I was fine with it. And the one thing I know it's live. I can't go back and fix it. <laughs> no, <you can't, laughs> There have no. been guys that have, uh, there have been guys that have gone back and fixed it. Um, and I don't think you should do that. So it is what it oh, is really? at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. I, I just think it's it's natural. We're on the air for over three hours. Uh, yeah, We're talking. Yeah. You know, I, even now, I mean, i You know, our th- there's different grammar routes that we don't take that are proper all the time, just because you know you and I are just having a chat. So yeah, yeah. It, it,
1: the NBC team, like mm-hmm. you guys, are uh, to me, and it's going to sound biased, but you guys are one of the best in the business. It's.
0: Well, I appreciate I, that. I listen
1: to so many other. broadcasts we've got MLB TV here. Uh, yeah, and you can watch all the other games and so many of them don't have that same chemistry as you guys have as as you feel like you're in the booth with you like you guys yeah laughing. well i appreciate it's saying warm. that warm do, do you guys do you guys all travel together on the road yes. trips do yeah, you we stay do in it, the we, same hotel we do
0: everything there? together i mean we uh, we golf together we uh, dine together uh we sit together on the plane uh we are really fortunate i've been really lucky my whole life uh minor leagues You know, my partner was Andy Freed, who does the Tampa Bay Rays games. Right. Um, Even when I was in New York, my partner was Howie Rose, and my booth was unbelievable. Um, Here, you know, we're all friends. I mean, we all have great respect for each other. We all is it exactly work hard. how
1: we see on the game day as well, out off the Honestly, camera? It's and,
0: exactly, it's exactly, a, it's
1: incredible. It's like you guys have the best time all, all, when you're even we on do. the camera. That the, the banter and exchanges between you guys are fantastic. Yeah. And no, we it, do. And, it, you know, in, and in a I'll bad you, game when we're losing, it's great to hear you guys well, still laughing it off. And
0: sometimes we're laughing not to cry, but that's like yeah. anybody. You know, you <laughs> yeah, just you exactly. got to keep it going. You got to keep going. <laughs> and the, the thing about our crew is that you you guys see me, Cruck. Ben, uh, Murph, but we have, I mean, there's, particularly at home, there's 40 people that are part of our crew. Oh, wow. Um, That that many? Camera operators, people in the truck. So it's so different than radio where, you know, like we are out front, so people know us, but there's so many talented people behind us that that make make things work. I mean, you were in the booth. You saw a lot of them. Yeah, I I couldn't
1: believe how many there actually was. Yeah, and
0: then we have our when you're watching, just assuming it's you, you free and exactly. That's
1: it, really. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and that's I think that's that's a credit to them that it's that seamless. You know, people Mm. always ask me about uh, the food shots and the camera shots. I'm not in control of any of that. I just talk (laughs) about it. You know, if our director wants to show Bulls Barbecue, I got to talk about Bulls Barbecue. Or if John asks for. shake shack and it comes up to the booth <laughs> you know john wants shake shack we got to show shake Shack, and plus you know we promote a lot of the things that go on here. At the yeah Park of course, too, of course. So, yeah
1: did, did did john get uh fined or punished for that swear the other no, week
0: which was brilliant no, no i don't I, I think that actually it's funny we were talking to Gabe about it i don't know i i just thought it was so natural it really was, said it was. and it i mean it was a bad game at that point um it was funny. It was, you it want to talk brilliant. about unscripted, you know, yeah. that's, that's the kind of stuff that's unscripted. It's just, you just got to go with it. So he didn't it, get by and, it. it and, was it, all good.
1: Jerry sounded like he was thinking out loud at that point. It's exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly his thought process.
0: Well, the funny thing is what he said. Did I really say that out loud? I mean, he, John knows exactly what he's saying and what he's saying. And, and uh, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. It, I, I've watched it back a million times. I've shown it to a million people. Uh, it's funny. It really
1: it, is. I, I, I didn't. I didn't see it live, but I woke up the next morning and it was all over Twitter. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. That put me. The, uh, the result aside, that put me in the best mood for the day. It's just well, it, I, brilliant. I
0: felt the same way afterward. I was like, all right, well, that was funny. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't disingenuous at all. It was just funny. It's just how everybody felt. I mean, it's. It was funny. <laughs> so.
1: and, and and the fanatic. Do you have any idea beforehand that he's going to pay a visit to you guys? What's going to happen? Nope. Or is it completely a surprise? Cause it's completely, the a surprise. The it's completely
0: <laughs> like the popcorn one was completely a surprise. I, yeah, we never know when he's coming in. I, we know when we're out in the stands, when we're sitting out in the stands that he'll show up at some point. Yeah. Um, we know on dollar dog nights that there are certain nights that he's going to bring hot dogs in and, John has to make believe he's eating one or throw it out to the fans (laughs) and stuff like that, although there's not a lot of make believe there. Uh, But no, we generally do not know when he comes. in. We generally don't know when half the people come in. I mean, we know when we have an interview coming in, but when you hear the doorbell, they don't show us all the time. But we're like this. We hear the doorbell. We're like, who's coming on? So, you
1: know, so every time so doorbell goes off and we hear a oh no, that is a genuine. oh, no.
0: Genuine. <laughs> because I don't know who's coming on, and most of the times it is the fanatic. So, oh my god, no, here we go. Um, you just got to roll with it, man. He's part of the family, so it's, oh, he's part of the fabric. Yeah. It, it's, it's brilliant. The fabric. And, then,
1: and then seeing John's face and his reactions to the fanatic uh, again—is he, is he drunk? It's like,
0: yeah, he's uh, he drunk. <laughs> say how it is. I forgot drunk. he said that. Yeah, that was funny when he said that.
1: Um, it's funny. <laughs> Is, is there any other opposing broadcasts broadcasters that you enjoy looking forward to seeing? Like when a team goes to town or you, or you go yeah, over it's there a good question.
0: Uh, I always love Mark Grant from San Diego. I just think he's a great guy. Uh, yeah. we kind of have the same hairline. Uh, he's been really <laughs> good to me over the years. The guys in New York, you know, they were my partners for two years and, um, I've known them for a long time. So I love when they come into town just to, to kind of catch up yeah, with yeah. them. Um, it's a good question. I mean, we're, we obviously the guys in our division we see all the time. Chip Terry and Jeff Francoeur and Joe Simpson from the Braves. Uh, those guys take care of us. We take care of them as far as, you know, dinner goes and things like that. I mean, you know, and golf goes. So, yeah, I like I, I like when those guys come to so, town. It's so you amazing.
1: guys all do hang out off the camera, like when an opposing broadcast we, teams in town? You our guys booth
0: go? is usually filled with people. It's usually <laughs> filled with people. And we'll usually go in their booth too, but they're in our office all the time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm broadcasting from one of our, uh, one of our suites right now in the, in the press box. Uh, but you know, they're always in our office. So it's kind of, it's, it's cool.
1: What do you guys talk about? Like, do you talk about the game or do you you talk talk about about the the teams?
0: Yeah. We'll catch up on the teams, but a lot of times we'll talk about other things. I mean, you know, Jeff, Jeff brings up things from years past and games (laughs) past. And when he played here, when he pitched for those two innings in in Baltimore, that's always a topic of conversation. Uh, you know, we talk about everything. I mean, we talk about our families. Mm. Uh, you know, Chip has listened to my son's tapes just because my son doesn't want to always hear, you know, dad's advice. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's just normal. this normal chatter.
1: Is it is it a job that you you ever take for granted sometimes? No. Do, 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 you, do you still get a buzz and you look forward to, to going no to question. watch a baseball game every day?
0: You know, I, I tell Dave, I, I tell my kids this and I've told people this all the time and, and young kids this. Find something where you have where there's kinetic energy going through your system Mm. all the time, because if you don't, you're going to be miserable. You know, I was the vice president of a minor league team or the assistant general manager of a minor league team. I had a chance to go be the general manager or president of another minor league team on two occasions. And I finally decided, you know what? I don't get a better rush than when I'm broadcasting a game, whether it be football, basketball or baseball. Yeah. Why would I do anything else if I'm lucky enough to do it? And I do not take any of this for granted. I don't take the fans for granted. I don't take this opportunity for granted. I mean, I'm watching batting practice right now while you you and I are talking. Oh. I'm watching, I'm watching oh, the hitters God. take BP. I'm watching Tommy Hunter just hit a home run to left field in BP. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. I don't take it for granted because I'm at a ballpark. And if I'm going to be away from my family for a long period of time, like we are, um you know it, it's got to be worth it right i mean it's got to be worth yeah, it and this exactly is, exactly this is worth it this is worth it and
1: it, the games must fly by for you because you're, you're talking non-stop like me yeah, me, me, and, me and bob from the braves in the uk we did a, a one-off live alternative fans commentary over right. the, the braves <laughs> just to give it a go you know we went live yeah. on twitter and periscope and you know we, we, we did it from a, a british point of view and and two guys from opposing teams. And it was a game that Velasquez got blown up in and we lost 16. Oh yeah. 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 And uh, that, that after, was a tough after game. After four, after four innings, I, I wanted to, to bail out, <laughs> but uh, I couldn't, we had to keep going. And he was got to keep it, and going. And I was, and yeah, I was but how, how do you cope with these big blood? Cause I just wanted to turn. I really wanted to turn off. It, and watch it's funny. Else, but...
0: It's funny. Like I, I, I sometimes have, I don't really have as many tonight, but sometimes I'll have just storylines. Um, that I can go to that may not be, that, that some are like Philly's storylines, like Damon, mm-hmm. Damon Jones is being promoted to AAA. So we can talk about that tonight. I mean, big left hander. Yeah. He's on the doorstep of coming to the big leagues, I think, anyway, as long as he can command uh, the strike zone. You know, so stuff like that we can go to. Baseball stuff, league wide. I mean, last night the Rangers and the Astros played, they kicked things yeah, off. Five, five their, nil
1: Rangers. Yeah, or something yeah. like that.
0: So uh, Lance Lynn's pitching himself into, you know, either being traded, which I doubt because they're still in the race, or um, into postseason awards in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. I don't know. It's stuff like that that we can throw out there, and I think that's that's what makes it that's what makes it fun. Ryan Howard being honored this weekend, you know, yeah, we big a weekend. Point that out. Yeah. Yep. So there's different things around the ballpark that we can get to, but also different things around the game that we can get mm-hmm. to also.
1: Do, do you ever get caught up in the moment sometime of, of when, like, a big play and you find yourself punching the air and have to sort of contain yourself sometimes? Or yeah, like if...
0: Franco's walk-off the other night. Um, yeah. You know, something like that. What uh, a comeback. Yeah, I mean, it was what just, inning. It, it was a great comeback. And for him individually, it was a great week. It was a great week mm. of, you know, for him. And, and I love the kid. I really do. So seeing that and having, you know, having him have success – that to me is kind of neat. I mean, that's that's kind of cool to get caught up in that. So yeah, you get you you can't help but get caught up in those big moments. You really can't. You, because I think it makes it more it makes it more relaxed, it makes it more genuine, and it makes it more natural more than anything else.
1: And it, when you're not, on the rare occasions that you guys aren't. Broadcasting and it's gone to another network like uh, the other night. Do you you still go to the ballpark and watch the game? A lot of times
0: I do. Yeah. A lot of times I do. Tomorrow we're on Fox. So I've got a family commitment that it just happened to match the same day. So I'm going to, I'm going to take care of that. um, But I'll watch the game. Obviously is, we is it different Sunday.
1: watching as a fan, like when you're not doing it? Do you, do you still find yeah. yourself? Do you find, you yeah. still find yourself commentating
0: as, as it happens? I don't commentate, but I do watch, and, well, and you know, there's certain things I try to pick up that are a little different. Just maybe even for our telecast, I listen to Scott and Larry a lot, when uh, or Scott and Kevin, uh, depending yeah. on if it's on the road. Um, if you know, I'll, I'll just sit out in my deck and you know just listen to those guys instead of watching the mm. game. Um, yeah, but I, I'm definitely watching, if even if I'm not here. But most times. If, we are, if we're on national TV, if I'm not doing the national game, because I used to do a lot of them, but because yeah. of my contract with CBS for football, it's hard for me to do you know, baseball too. So, but a lot of times I'll, 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 I'll either be here watching or obviously at home watching.
1: And, and one last question for me before I get to some of the, the viewers, uh, listeners' questions. Um, what are you predicting for the second half of the year for the Phillies?
0: Well, I think we're still going to the postseason. I really do. Um, I, I do think we need help. I mean, I, I think we need help from a pitching standpoint. Uh, there are a lot of people that think we need a bat. Uh, I don't know if we no, need a bat. I, don't I think so. we I think we need pitching more than we need a bat. So, to me, my feeling is um, if we get some pitching help, and that means you know, David Robertson coming back healthy, maybe Sir Anthony Dominguez comes back healthy at some point. That would be a boost. be a huge boost, or we get a starting pitcher or two. Um, I still think we're going to be in the postseason. I just think there's a commitment here to make sure that we're in the postseason.
1: Do you think it would be a a small disaster if we didn't make the postseason this year?
0: I do think it would be. Um, yes, I do think it would be. I but, think we would. Not we would disaster, underachieve. But a
1: disaster, but a huge disappointment.
0: I think it would be a disappointment. I think the I think the team would be disappoint, disappointed too. Uh, you know, there's certain things that have gotten better. There's certain things that have not taken that next step. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a disappointment if they don't make the postseason, just because there was so much built up beforehand to get to the postseason. Not even the money spent, but also the trades that were made. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do, I do think it would be a disappointment if they didn't make it. I really do. I mean, I, I think the guys would think it would be a disappointment. I think Gabe would think it would be a disappointment. And I think the front office would think it would be a disappointment too. But thinking positively, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think this offense especially
1: can power us yeah. I, think a lot of, I think a lot of these games we're going to have to rely on the offense because we do, we, have, we, we do need these arms, but we've got an offense there who can get seven, eight runs a game when they click, and we're going to need that this, this second half.
0: Yeah, I will tell you that I, I think that we all undervalued Andrew McCutcheon
1: and oh, what he mentioned in yeah.
0: this lineup. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I thought he was a great addition. I, thought, I loved talking to him. I thought he was great in the clubhouse. He was great on the field, but I thought we could overcome... The leadoff spot. Now, I think Scotty is getting to that point where he's giving us some stability in the leadoff spot, which is great. Mm. But if you think about McCutcheon being in the leadoff spot, Scotty could be batting somewhere else in the order. Uh, and then you have Jay Bruce having the season he's having, which has been fantastic. That's been a really under-the-radar pickup around baseball. It really it has. So early. And, and the he, money as well. You know, and the money as well. Yeah.
1: Do, do you think they'll try and get McCutcheon back in that dressing room at least?
0: Yes. As I early think he, as possible? I because think I think his influence would be too. huge. Yeah, I think it's his plan too. I think he just needs to get to the point where he's not on crutches and he can walk around state- with some stability yeah. in that knee. I think that's the biggest thing. So nothing else happens.
1: Did you see that uh, that video posted? I did. That was one of the best videos I did I've seen
0: I, this year. I'm telling you, some of his stuff on social media has been unbelievable. It's been unbelievable.
1: What what a character! Like what a yeah. guy. There's not many like him anymore, and he's such. I, I I really feel for him with that injury. And when he said uh, it, when he said it in the video that. Always hard work had been wiped away. You almost makes you realize that yeah, these guys are, are human. Yeah. They're athletes, and this yeah, is their, you, you this you is kind their of livelihood. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's exactly you feel for them. You feel for them because you know they. For him, he wants to get to the postseason. He wants to win a world championship. He wants to be in position to play meaningful games in September, which was what we all want.
1: Mm. Um, if you don't mind, some 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 listening yeah. questions. Uh, so first of all, the, the ones from Facebook, we've got. Patrick Rotner, who's a, a big Germans Philly fan, met him at London. Um, he says, what's the most memorable moment during your Phillies broadcast career?
0: It's probably Halliday's perfect game, just because there's, there just wasn't many. It weren't many of them. And he was so good that night against the Marlins. And Josh Johnson was so good for the Marlins. But that's probably from a broadcasting standpoint. Now I was in the building standing next to Harry and wheels when we won the 2008 world championship. And that was
1: incredible. Oh Wow. Uh, But I wasn't on the
0: air. I wasn't on the air at that time, but that was still incredible to watch that. But I'd say the holiday perfect game.
1: Wow. Uh, Daniel Harry asked, which Phillies player did you idolize growing up? And I like to board that in general, growing up, not only Phillies players, but which players in general, did you love watching growing up? Well,
0: I mean, so I grew up when, as I grew up a Mets fan, I mean, Tom Seaver was my favorite player, my favorite Mm. player um, from, you know, I wasn't a pitcher, but I loved watching him. My favorite player though, was Thurman Munson from the Yankees. And I didn't like the Yankees, but I loved (laughs) Thurman Munson because I was a catcher. So I just loved the way he handled everything uh, behind the plate, how he handled the pitching staff and all that stuff. Um, But from a Phillies standpoint, it's going to sound strange. Uh, I loved, obviously, I loved Schmidt. I loved watching mm. him play. Um, but I, I loved watching Manny Trio play. I did. I really? just loved, I did. I don't know what it was. I mean, I, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm six foot three and 265 pounds. <laughs> I'm not a second baseman by any stretch. Um, but he was, I thought he was really cool to watch. I really did. I thought he was cool. You know, with a flip like this, uh, I thought he was cool to watch. I've, I've seen the videos. I've seen the videos. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool.
1: It's really unique uh daniel churchill says um we we'll have just covered that one but what prospects in the minors should we be looking out for to come through
0: well i think alec boehm is, is getting there i mean the oh yeah he's the in getting now. real isn't it yeah i think it's getting real and i think damon jones too i think that the fact that he's up in AAA, at least that's those are the reports uh, and if not he's going to be there soon i think that's a big deal for the phillies organization too
1: and who about is, is davy grew on this catcher as well apparently he's got yeah. he's got some power
0: He's got power. Um, I don't know how good he is behind the plate. I haven't seen him enough, but I know he's been banged up the last couple of weeks. So hopefully uh, he gets bro. back healthy. And uh, I think he broke his toe. Uh, hopefully he gets back healthy and, you know, maybe he can contribute at some point too. Who
1: was, who was called up? Cause I know JT just, uh, and congratulations Yeah, Rob Brantley was called up. Rob Brantley, is
0: it? Who's yeah, been so up? he's right. going to be here. I think it's probably a day. It might be two. Um, he's having a good year. They like him as a defensive guy. So, you Know we'll see if he gets into to any of these games the next couple of days.
1: Well, well, what a chance for him as well! It, it could be a chance for him to, to yeah. I and mean, he up was the and, opening uh, day
0: catcher for the Marlins a few years ago, so I mean, this is a chance for him to get back at it again.
1: Yeah, um, Diane McDowell says, Favorite guest in the booth during a broadcast out of the many, many? You've <laughs> had.
0: That's a good question. <laughs> Favorite guest in the booth? That's a really good question. Um like I, that, I,
1: actually, I, I thought I, Chase the other night was well, I, I was fantastic because,
0: because uh, I've known him for so long, I've known him since he was in the, <laughs> the minor leagues. I thought Chase was great. I really did. I enjoyed that. I would have said Jimmy, but Jimmy's with us in the booth now all the time, so it's uh, not like what it's...
1: energy he brings as well. Yeah, that was that walk off. Yeah. had the video of him passing you. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, and crazy. he's
0: dancing. And so uh, it. I, I would say Chase the other day was pretty cool to have him in the booth.
1: It was great, and he had a <laughs> Greg Murphy was interviewing his wife. And uh, yeah. the back and forth between Chase and his wife was, was just fantastic. We should One have given her an
0: earpiece so she could listen to some of it, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, great stuff. Uh, Harry Andrews says, your favorite British food?
0: Favorite British food is probably beer. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, that's a really good question. Because there's so many different restaurants in London. It really that is. I, I can't really tell is. you that. I settle on eating in a British restaurant. I mean, I go to pubs all the time, but I mean, there's Argentinian steakhouses and there's so many different places to eat. Um, hmm.
1: Is is there anything over here that you wish you had over there? Like a lot lot of America, I love the ketchup
0: over there. there. It sounds strange, (laughs) but there's something in your ketchup that's better than, uh, and it's, I think it's the same brand, but there's something there. That's a little different. Yeah.
1: I find the same in America. Some of that, your stuff yeah, the stuff we have
0: the is not the same.
1: It's and just, plus, some of your right.
0: chocolate, some of your chocolates, pretty good too.
1: It's yeah. the same. We, we we get Hershey's over here, but it doesn't taste the same as the Hershey's taste in America. not the same.
0: No, it doesn't. It, doesn't you're doesn't right. The same. There's, there's
1: something in that, and I wish I'd sort that because I love yeah. my Hershey's. I always <laughs> bring bags loads back when I come That's back. so funny. Uh, David Lewis says, uh, "How critical, if at all." Uh, are you allowed to be on the, on the players and team, or are you under instruction to no. remain positive at times?
0: No, I mean, I, we're, we could be as critical as we want to be. Uh, you know, my feeling is sometimes, and we point out guys when they don't run out or when they make a misplay, I, I just feel like you can't just keep hammering at home over and over again. I no, know for right. me, if I was watching, I wouldn't want to listen to it. I really wouldn't. Now, no. if, John, if John and, Dan, and Ben want to do it, or Mike want to do it, and Jimmy want to do it, that's fine. They played the game. But I mm. think you point it out, you try to say what they could have done differently, and then you move on. Um, I don't but, think But, but, can...
1: but it's, as if, it's as sometimes social media, it's as, it's as if people want you to. They want you to be more negative. but, but Yeah. It's, I, it's not it's, it's not needed though, is it? Because we, we can I see what's
0: happening. Needed, but we can, we can... I think that you know we, we point things out. It's not a talk show. So it's not like we're going to keep talking about it, talking about it, so then we can mm. get more reaction from people. Uh, we're going to point it out. And they know that too. And I think that's you know there's other markets that don't do it that way um i've gotten people who think that we're too hard on the players and then the next moment i'll get something saying we're not hard enough yeah i yeah. kind of have this sort of this th- sort of mental thought process of when we push it and when we shouldn't push it um and how far we should push it so
1: yeah and, and you can't please everyone you you you're broadcasting to thousands well we definitely
0: can't do is. that i mean that's no, just the yeah. way it is i mean it's <laughs>
1: It's part of the job. Yeah, it's part but of the, the job. But the good thing is you, you please the majority. The
0: That's exactly I mean, that's what you have to do. I mean, I again, I know there are people that will, you know, say they don't like this about our telecast, this about me, mm. uh, people. There's more people concerned about my hair uh, and the fact that I don't have any. Uh, there's more people <laughs> concerned about my weight. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's all these things. I mean, it, it is what it is. It is what it is.
1: It is what, exactly. Exactly. Uh, on Twitter, Louis Calamari says, do you prefer calling baseball or football?
0: I prefer baseball just because I've played it my whole life. I do love calling football, though. I love the energy of it. I love the, the passion of the fans. It, um, is, I,
1: is it very different? Like,
0: it's it, very like different. In
1: terms of the build-up? and In terms uh, it's of when you're actually different. live on air?
0: Yeah, it's... It, when I do a game on TV, a football game on TV, it is a... By the time I'm done, I am mentally and physically just wiped out because of the preparation.
2: <laughs> I don't yeah. feel that way
0: with baseball. I mean, baseball is—I mean, I love the game. I've played it my whole life, or I did play it my whole life. My boys both played it in college. Um, yeah, it's—I love the little intricacies about it. It's—I love the pace mm. of it. Um, but there's something about football. I didn't play it when I was growing up. Uh, maybe that's part of it. But man, I love the energy of it. I really do. I love the—I love the energy of it, particularly on you know when i do an nfl game uh mm. and people say you know would you rather do radio or, or tv they're they're both different i like the differences between the two it kind of makes me it makes me want to do the other after i've done let's say four tv games i'm excited about doing a radio game just to kind of feel the difference of it
1: yeah i can imagine it's, it's with the phillies and with the baseball you see the phillies day in day out you've got that attachment to them you do different nfl teams don't you mm-hmm. week in week out is it nice to have that different variety of teams watching different variety of teams and watching different styles of play and
0: yeah it is it is because um because everything because it it, is because it's not the same story all the time so not that if you did an an eagles game every week it would be the same story because every game has a different personality but you know if i do a bills game one week and a bears game the next week it's kind of neat to see the different cities it's kind of neat to see different fan bases Uh, i like that part of it i like the preparation part of it it just makes it you know, it makes it just fresh, and uh, that's kind of neat, I think.
1: Well, when are you told? How far in advance are you told what games you're going to do for, for uh, that for
0: that week? Yeah, usually TV, it's it's either one or two weeks, depending on the time in the season, and football, I've usually got a pretty good idea a month or so ahead of time. Are you,
1: of course, if the Phillies are still involved in a postseason are you are you staying with the fills until that's all done then i am yeah
0: so the if um I, I think the plan is right now and it's still you know it's still in the works is if we have a chance to clinch i don't do football um uh, if right. we've clinched or if let's say we're out of it uh then i if, there, if there's a chance to do football and i don't know what my schedule is just yet uh on tv then I'll do it on radio. I'll wait until the uh, off season to do any kind of. Radio.
1: So that's, that's, so that's, that's the radar. Then if you're not on our screens anymore, the se- season's done. Or, or we're, or <laughs> we've
0: already clinched everything and we're all, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh,
1: oh, we've wrapped it up already. Right, yeah. Right. Um, Brett on Twitter says, uh, we know you go on Twitter. How do you handle the criticism that, that you get on there? Does it bother you? And does it want to make you to respond in any way?
0: Um, a, a lot of times I want to respond to everybody, but sometimes I look at it and I'm just like, really? <laughs> some, yeah. of it is, some of it's perspective I mean there's certain things that are that are put, that are put out there uh, mm. that are that are just quite frankly wrong i mean it's just it's incorrect so I'm like, eh, there's no reason for me to respond to it uh, or if if there's not a name on it, let's say Bill or Scott or dave i don't I've said nothing <laughs> I, 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 I generally don't <laughs> respond unless it's a person's name Some of it is so it, it, i I can't respond to all of them Uh, i try Mm. to respond to as many as i can but some of them you know there was a point in my life where i wanted to respond to everything and make everybody happy and understand what i'm thinking uh but i it is it's hard to respond to every little little piece of information that's out there i don't it doesn't affect me at all it really doesn't uh i'm a pretty laid-back dude uh when it comes to that kind of stuff um you know, if if I know that there's something egregiously wrong with what's said, just to let everybody know, then I'll respond to it. But for the most part, I'll respond to many things. Uh, I don't do it as much during the game anymore just because there's so much going on. But I yeah, will. Yeah, I've noticed downtime. it's
1: dropped off, but then you must be so busy.
0: Like... Well, that's part of it. And, and plus, my focus needs to be out on the field. Uh, but I'll try to respond to as many people as I can. But no, it doesn't affect me. I, it doesn't really affect me, uh, uh, the criticism. But that's good. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's the business we're in. We've chosen it. It's a, it's instant gratification. It's instant criticism. You know, I, somebody feels one way, uh, it's going to be difficult for me to sway them to go to the other way. Yeah. Um, again, if it's something that I feel like it's egregious and I can explain in 140 characters or, cause I know we can do more now, but to make sense, then I'll yeah. explain it. But other than that, I just usually move on.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Uh, Skellerman says, ask you about the Hall of Fame possibilities of recent retired players or Phillies players you should think uh, you think should go in.
0: Well, I, I think it's a great question and the debate, because we're going to get there soon. Um, I think Jimmy Rollins is going to be in the conversation and part of it is because Barry Larkin's in the Hall of Fame. Now, Barry has some numbers, all-stars and mm. gold gloves that are more than Jimmy's, but Jimmy's Jimmy's numbers are close in some other categories with Barry. So he'll be in the conversation. I think that uh, analytically, there are people that believe that chase will be in the hall of fame and he very well could because based on second baseman numbers compared to others, I mean, if Bill Mazeroski's in chase, well, chase be is in, you know be, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Phil Rizzuto's in, although he won a ton of world championships, uh, then Jimmy Rollins should be in, you know, but I, I don't, I think the voting process is changing so much. Um, I'm intrigued, like everybody else, to see how analytics will play in it, if that means Chase does get a chance to get in. Um, I'm not saying that either one shouldn't be in, because I love both of them and I've watched both of them. Statistically, I think that Jimmy's probably closer than Chase's, but there are others that think it's the other way around. Uh, And that's cool. I want there to be debate about it, because I want both to be given consideration for it.
1: And and the debate is to sort of a great one. We're talking about Hall of Famers, aren't we? You know, two great players going to the Hall of yes. Famers. Yes, it's not a bad I mean, debate. It,
0: listen, it's not a bad debate. I mean, they they've meant so much to this city, and to this franchise, and will always mean that way, mean that much to them. I mean, it's I, I love the fact that they're involved again. Uh, I hope that Chase stays involved in the game, and uh, I'm glad that Jimmy's involved here. I wish all I wish Jimmy, Chase, and Ryan were all involved uh, with the organization, <sighs> yeah. and will be. You know, moving forward, but they all have other things going on, so that's good.
1: Just had a breaking news: Jim Salisbury reports that Jake will pitch on Sunday and was fined for his comments uh, the other week.
0: Yeah, well, I guess Major League Baseball had to do something, but yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Just go back to Chase Utley. I I would love it if he went in the Hall of Fame uh, because at my at my very first game in two thousand and twelve, he it was his first game back against the Pirates, his first game back from the DL, and he he hit a home run, and that 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 moment, the euphoria around it and we lost the game, but the, the chase Utley was the man right there. And yeah. I would love to say I've seen a hall of famer in my first he, ever game. hit a home He run. was that incredible.
0: Awesome. He was incredible. Um, he was incredible. I, I, I wonder if he, if he's played long enough with deep enough numbers to be considered. I don't know. I mean, I, I hope that he is. I really do. I hope. Absolutely.
1: He is. Uh, one final question from Vernon Smith. He says, how is Sarge? You two were a great <laughs> double act.
0: He's great. Um, you know, I talked to him the other day when it was both of our birthdays. Uh, the man makes me smile. He always does. He always will. Um, he's great. We see him all the time. He's here at the ballpark. He goes from sweet to sweet meeting with clients. Um, yeah, he's good. He's uh, He looks awesome. He looks healthy and feels good, too, which, you know, that's uh, – I'm, I'm happy about that.
1: Excellent. Brilliant. Who's on with you tonight? Is it John or is it Ben? Uh, it's
0: John. Yep, it's John, John tonight. tonight. Uh, actually, John for a while because – John had to take off earlier in the year because of softball and because of his daughter's uh, graduation and because of his son having baseball. So Ben's doing a lot of the a uh, lot of the games in the next uh, next couple of weeks.
1: Did, do you think John would be interested in coming on the podcast? I'd love to have John on.
0: He might. I don't know how long. I don't know if he can sit for that long, but he might be. He might. If, <laughs> if we if we help facilitate it, I think he might do it. Oh,
1: that'd be awesome.
0: It'd be awesome. Just We'd have to just... we'd have to teach him how to use this. Oh, uh, right yeah, here.
1: yeah that's, a, that's a yeah, that's that's a that's a point.
0: But between me and Murph, we can figure it out.
1: Oh, that would be that would be fantastic. Just just ten minutes of his time would be (laughs) would be would be awesome. It would just be priceless. It really would would. be priceless. Tom, thank you so much for your time. Thank you you for doing this. Um, please say hi to Greg and John for me and all the guys there. And um, let's hope. a win tonight would reset really the tone for the second half, wouldn't it? I
0: agree with that. I agree. This this weekend is a big one, and obviously the, the Dodgers series is a big one, too. But let's hope that we can get off to a good start and, you know, and not look back.
1: Well, it's an earlier start time. It's 11, 10 past 11 hour time. So fireworks. 10 past Ah, so it's the fireworks. Yeah. So, oh, excellent. So yeah. oh, I wish I was that. makes <laughs> <She's> me so jealous. <laughs> uh, I'll be watching now. I will definitely be watching tonight. No work tomorrow, which means I can have a nice late night of baseball. Looking right, forward good. to it.
0: Thanks, David. I appreciate it, buddy.
1: Tom, thank you so much. All the best, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was great. Another fantastic guest. We cannot thank Tom enough for giving us his time and doing that fantastic interview. Uh, What a fantastic insight. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, He sounds refreshed and ready to go. Ryan, are we refreshed and ready to kick off the second half of the year?
2: Yeah, do you, do you want to uh, talk about the pitching matchups due up, or do you not oh, want to talk about oh, Ryan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> So talk we, to welcome, you. we welcome the Nationals and the Dodgers, the two big, big series straight off the bat in the of the All Star break. Let's go into the Nationals first. All right, pitching matchups. Tonight's game is 11 o'clock on BT Sports. It is Nick Pavetta versus Strasbourg. And then tomorrow, it's quarter past 12, Corbin versus Nona. That's an interesting matchup. And then on Sunday, it's Scherzer against, to be decided. I thought that had been decided. That's a five past six start. I think it's likely
2: to be Zach Eflin for that game. We reckon Eflin, don't we? Yeah, I would have thought so. But I think the question marks around Jake Arrieta right now. So there could be some juggling of starters and the order. I'm not quite sure, so... What do you
1: think? We're both on the same records. The Nationals are on... Well, they went into the All-Star break on some hot form. I hope they've cooled off over the break. And uh, we've we've had a reset. But strasbourg Povetta I suppose it depends what Pavetta we get, really, doesn't it?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, what we do know is that the Nationals have lined up here their three absolute best arms this series, because they know that this is a really important series to kick off the second half. Um, the series after this for them is in Baltimore, which mm. they'd expect to have a chance in regardless of who they put on the map, yeah, quite course. frankly. So, um, yeah, they're ready to go. They're the three arms that we're going to have to face and hopefully this offense can uh, get the job done against them. I think,
1: you know, looking at the second half of the year, I think a bit of time to think about it properly. This offense we are really going to be relying on, aren't we? Because it's going to be a case, I think, with the rotation struggles of we're going to have to outscore the teams this year. And it could be fun to watch. You know? And the offense has warmed up nicely in the last couple of weeks. They have got going. We are getting some more home runs. We are getting the runs on the board. The team, the offense, the lineup is starting to click. But we're going to have to, it could be a case of the opposition are going to score four or five. We need to score six or seven, isn't it? More, more often than not.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, when we face Max Scherzer, the likelihood is we're probably not going to score six or seven. So that could be a different sort of game where we're relying on Zach Eflin to to try and go toe-to-toe with him as best as he can. But in the other games, yeah, Strasbourg and Corbin are fantastic pitchers, both having good seasons. But they they can be got at. And this offense has been pretty good. We spoke about that on the Annalise preview show, that really the offense has... Has kind of done its job without being absolutely fantastic, top of the notch, best in mm-hmm. Not quite at that level, but pretty good, and can show up. Hopefully, it
1: will. Like, uh, yeah, you still feel there is a lot more to come from the offense, and uh, and it has started to warm up. It has started to get exciting for the fills. Uh, Hoskins Harper's had a good little run in steel star break. Hoskins is starting to smash the ball around again. Segura's come out of his slump. Franco's. Starting to get a few hits as well. And of course, Brad Miller, Sean Rodriguez coming up, filling in, doing the job. So yeah, it's starting to click. Um what are you what are you predicting tonight? Like it's it's Strasbourg is hittable. It's 10 for 4, 364 IRA. Povetta 4-3 5.84 ERA. We've seen both sides of Nick Pavetta so far this year. We've seen some absolute brilliance from this young lad, but also some stuff which you you wonder whether he is ready for the majors or not. What you calling tonight mate this is a tough one
2: um everything in my sort of logical mind tells me unfortunately dave that the nationals are strong favorites not alone for tonight but for the whole series um Strasbourg's having a very good season you mentioned his era his whips down near one and he's striking out people at his career rate so Corbin's also doing well and Max Scherzer we don't even need to talk about so we we have to try and be logical here that they are coming into this with um, a pretty good offence as well I might add especially with Trey Turner back healthy now leading off um, this is going to be tough um, I have to say that I hope I'm wrong um, but I think we may lose this series <laughs> I don't want to say that <laughs> what a brilliant way to kick off what a brilliant way to kick off
1: I, I, I tell you what, it's, the Phillies tend to go better against the good pitchers. It, it's, it's the poor pitchers with the poor ERA that we make the cool stars. The pitchers like Strasburg and Corbyn, we do go well against. Corbyn, Nola tomorrow is a really good light matchup, isn't it? 8-2 and two, Nola, his ERA is down to 3.74. Corbyn, 7-5, 3.34 ERA. That's got a bit of a pitching jewel written all over that one.
2: It does and uh interestingly Corbin I believe is a lefty which he certainly is mm-hmm. um the Phillies don't have too many lefty bats in the lineup and Harper is actually very good against lefties anyways you know he's fine so um there's only Jay Bruce really there you would say struggles from that side so the offense should be able to get to Corbin and hopefully give Noel at least two or three runs of support there that that's the game that you would look at on paper and say oh we should be targeting a victory in game two and then i guess you you never know
1: and then yeah sunday five past six shares of likely effort although didn't they i swear i saw the philly saying that eriata would be ready for this weekend because i thought there's going to be shares at eriata but it, what, it, what it do they mean by already. ready <laughs> oh well 80 ready what <laughs> it can say like I, if, to me, shut the guy down and get him get him operated on whatever he needs and getting ready for next season because his last outing when he was eighty percent ready was absolutely diabolical. So if, that, if that's going to be the same again if he's eight percent ready or eight percent fit, then it's going to be a disaster.
2: Yeah, I'm not a health expert, but I'm not confident either way. I think I said we, in the preseason we did that little um, recording down at, at Passion Avenue that we put on YouTube and. Mentioned, really, that Jake Arrieta, fantasy-wise, was sort of the least intriguing of the arms. And yeah, you're right. Fortunately, it's kind of proven the case in real life as well. I mean, obviously, Vince and Nick have had their struggles, but Jake's been right there with them. Um, yeah. I... But
1: although, saying that, the the bullpen is, is improving. You know, Hunter's come back. Uh, Morgan's coming back. Uh, Robertson should be very, very close to coming back as well uh Rios is back it's it's stronger so if we can get a long outing at Anola on the Saturday we could maybe go early to the bullpen on Sunday which could help us and balance it out
2: uh, yeah no I agree that considering the injuries the bullpen stabilized better than I think I expected it to I mean the injury list is unbelievable the other thing about Sunday interestingly is that you know Zach Eflin's pretty good when he's on it um so he's I know he hasn't been fantastic, but he's the sort of guy that, you know, could give us a good outing, six innings, hopefully. You know, there's no reason why he can't do that against the Washington offense. Well,
1: Eflin has gone two shutouts this year. Nearly had a third as well against Atlanta earlier on the year. Um, He's got it in him. He's got it in him. We've seen it. Uh, But, yeah, it's one of those games where we really need it from him. Uh, I'm hoping we can nick a series win out of this. Yeah, like you said, Saturday Nola game—that's the one where it, the, the one win's going to come from. I quietly fancy our chances tonight. You know, I—I I, I don't know what it is. I've got this feeling that tonight the offense has had a good rest. We've had no play. We've already had JT involved in the All-Star break. Everyone else has been well rested, ready to go. I'm hoping for a two-one series win, Ryan, um, especially at home because our home form is good. Citizens Bank Park—it should be very full over the weekend. I'm quite optimistic with our, with our home form. We're going to win that series. And then we roll on to the Dodgers. Four home games against the Dodgers, who were swept by the Padres going into the All-Star break. How? We, no pitching lot matchups yet, but um, oh, I'd take a split from that. I don't know about you.
2: Well, based on who they've got lined up for the Boston series, which is... One that you, if you're not watching the Phillies, maybe watch uh, the Dodgers face the Red Sox because that's going to be tasty. Um, It looks like the Phillies are going to get the toughest six pitchers out of the All Star break of any team in baseball by the looks of it because they'll take Strasburg, Corbin, and Scherzer, as we've just discussed, and then it will be Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, and Kent Maeda for the Dodgers. Now, I'm not sure that any team in baseball comes out of this All Star break to face those six. Um this is a tough stretch. These two series are seriously tough. And you know, if we split them, I would say that that would be positive if if we win them then it's a real statement. It's an opportunity. You have to look at it as an opportunity. We can't be exactly. negative. Um hopefully, you know, it's going to be tough. Hopefully the fills can uh, can prove some of the naysayers wrong,
1: especially at home. Especially at home, like I say. Our home format has been really good. Um we will avoid seeing our, uh, RYU. Um we, we we won't see him because he's pitching on the Sunday for the Dodgers against the Red Sox, which correct. means he, he will miss his slot. We will see Maeda, and we will probably see Stripling.
2: But we No, no. Strip according to Roster Resource, Ross Stripling is starting on Saturday. Oh, so, we'll so, we'll, so we will avoid him. So we will get Maeda.
1: and then Kershaw and Kershaw and and Bueller, which is the Dodgers' pitching is by far the best in, in baseball at the moment. They're dead yeah, different.
2: very interesting, Dave. Really, I mean, that's a kid's. I mean, obviously, we all know about Clayton Kershaw, but Bueller is at this age to be doing what he's doing is kind of filthy. He's he's absolutely, I mean, he's 24 years old and this season. His whip is below one. He He's he is an outstanding talent and uh, really is one to watch. He could be one of baseball's absolute best if he isn't already.
1: And there'll be, there'll be a little lie on what's going on in San Diego this weekend because San Diego are playing the Braves. San Diego are looking pretty hot before the All-Star break. They've got it together. Then the Braves go to, uh, I think they go to Milwaukee after that. They do. So they've got a couple of tough road games ahead. So have we. And then they've got the uh, the nationals. So this this next week and a half is going to be quite. You know, this could equal the NL East out quite a bit if it if it goes our way. But you're right. This is a great chance to make a statement. It's a, if we could get anything at the nationals, a series win. We could at least split a series with the Dodgers because we were what we were beaten three. Well, we were swept by the Dodgers actually, weren't we in in LA? So a win or two would be already big progress on what we were back in May. Uh, and if we can get out of that with a decent record and stay sort of 500 across those two series, we've then got the Pirates and the Tigers after that, which are two very winnable series. So it's the opportunity is there for the Phils, especially with the Braves and that's due, due to play each other twice within the next month.
2: Yeah, of course. Opportunity knocks. But this is the time of the season now where Phils are four games above 500. They're in the mix. They're right where they need to be. But you can very quickly, you know, if you... Were to, if you lose these six games one and five, for example, you're suddenly right at five hundred, forty-eight and forty seven or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. forty eight and forty eight actually, bang on, and you're starting to think, oh dear, is this going the wrong way as Washington propels itself? Conversely, if the Phillies go five and one or four and two, you think, right, let's let's crack on, like you say, Pittsburgh, Detroit, let's go.
1: And, and do you think that could have a bearing on, on trades, possible trades, and a movement for the Phils uh, in terms of new arms? Because if we have a disaster in the next two series, all of a sudden we're going to drop to 500. We're going to drop back even more from the Braves and the Nationals. Do the Philz then look at it and go, you know what? We might wait to the off-season to add some arms. Or, you know, if it goes the other way and we come out of this, these two series hot, with the Pirates and Tigers to play, they're definitely they're going to really look at arms, aren't they? They're going to, they're going to go for it. Do you think do you think the next the results in the next few series are going to have a big bearing on what we do in the trade market?
2: I think the next two to three series, yeah, if I'm honest. Um, especially if they go lopsidedly in one direction or the other. I think it's clear that if Arietta does go Um, down hurt which is looking like he probably will even if just results go badly for him and they think he's okay they'll probably say he's got some sort of issue and he'll, he'll be gone it's quite clear that I don't think the Phillies can go with that open slot and Vince and Nick and expect this to be a rotation that makes a runner any sort of playoff berth um that that would be my take. So you know, if they get a couple of wins over the next two series, then I think at that stage they might just say, yeah, let let's push the chips in slightly, not go overboard, slightly push the chips in, trade a couple of half decent prospects, perhaps, mm-hmm. or take on some bad money. They could they could try and take on some bad money. You know. You say you say half
1: half sort of decent prospects. Talking uh, Hazley Moniak, or are you looking even further down?
2: Well, I mean, personally, I wouldn't want to get rid of Hastley, although I guess you could argue that he hasn't got too much power, he's, um, so well, that's interesting. Well, but... well
1: he, he's, he's, uh, I saw Matt Winkleman tweet some things about Hazley that he, he's having a really good spell in AAA, and he's, he's starting to find a bit of power and could be recalled pretty shortly, actually, if he's not going to be traded
2: away. Yeah, I w- I, that wouldn't be the one I'd look to move. If I mean, if Mon- if anyone still views Moniak as some sort of top-end prospect, then absolutely let's do it. I mean, 84 walks to 316 strikeouts in his minor league career with a 690 OPS, I mean, that suggests that the kid, if that's what he's doing at A and high A, then without serious improvement, Mickey Moniak is already a bust. Um, so if anyone right. views him as anything still worthwhile... Then, yeah, <laughs> let's do it.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, while we're on the talk of uh, the minors and the prospects, um, the, the minor league home run derby was won by one of our own, first baseman Derek Hall. So uh, so for prospect watch,
2: Ryan, he's he's going to be on the radar, isn't he? So Derek Hall is a first baseman. He's spending this season in Double A Reading. He's 23 years old, which is, you know, sort of the age that perhaps he should be. He should be maybe in A very, very soon at 23. And he does have serious power. Our uh, friend of the podcast, Mr. Alex Carr, was very excited about him winning the home run derby. Mm-hmm. And uh, rightly so, because the power is there. Now, the interesting thing, Dave, about first baseman prospect is that there's only 30 first basemen in the majors, Okay the starting first baseman and so when you play in that position you do need a very high caliber of offense ability because you are expected to possess power but also on base ability if you're going to be one of the best first basemen in professional baseball yeah so the caliber that a prospect has to be at to break through in that job at the major league level is incredibly high um derek hall unfortunately his walk to strikeout is over one to three. He's oh. really struggling. Now, if, if he's struggling to that degree at double A and high A, the likelihood is he's going to struggle to an even greater degree to make contact in the majors. Notwithstanding that, Dave, of course, Reese Hoskins is only 26, and Reese Hoskins is an absolutely elite offensive producer. He's, he takes walks at an elite clip. He's got great eye. He hits for power. So, really, do I see Derek Hall amounting to much in this organization? Probably not. So, so, so it could be used as a trade piece if,
1: if need, if you know, if he's got not looking at first base for us, then they could be looking
2: at moving him on because so it could could come in handy for someone. He could. I mean, I, I think that most analysts' teams would probably. Well, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful to Derek Hall. Of course, he could make improvements, but. Even Joey Gallo at the Major League level, who strikes out at a crazy rate, doesn't strike out at this sort of rate. And that's at the Major League level. And he's struggling for that in that regard. So I don't mean he's struggling as a player. I mean, in terms of his contact ability, it's a bit off. So I don't think you could get too much for Derek Hall. But as a throw-in, perhaps, in some sort of trade package with an interesting pitcher, yeah, maybe. Nice.
1: As there, uh, Alex Boom got another... He got, got a hit in the All-Star game. I'm getting more and more excited about this guy. Yeah, it's, don't it's trade like, him. It, 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 yeah, don't. Yeah, please don't <laughs> trade
2: him. They're not trading him.
1: <laughs> Someone on Twitter said he could be, you know, you know, put him in a package for a, a big impact pitcher. But no, no, I am really excited to see this guy come up. Do you think this, uh, do you think Alex Boom? do you think this guy is the hype? You know, do you think he'll live up to it? Uh, because, because his stock's getting higher and higher and the hype over him is getting higher and higher.
2: Yeah, he looks like the real deal. I mean, in terms of sort of statistics, it's been interesting because when he was at Wichita State, he he wasn't. I mean, he was very good at Wichita State, but I mean, when he signed for the Phillies last season, he didn't have too many at bats, but he didn't really hit it off um, at Williamsport. So the thing is, this season is the only real statistical area that we can analyze Alec Boone properly. He's had three hundred at bats. The power seems to be there with 11 dingers, but more impressively, 36 walks to go along with only 48 strikeouts. That's ridiculous. And if that if he has that sort of batting eye, he can be a very, very good third baseman at the Major oh, League. Tournament.
1: Yes, surely the next Phillies third baseman in waiting. uh Franco, just a stopgap really until Alex comes up, it could be, even be September what do you reckon, September we could see him come up or would they
2: wait for him for pre-season, spring, uh, spring training um, Yeah, I think, I think he's going to be next season because he's only just having his first cup of double uh, AA right now, so it would be, you know, it's happened before, guys have gone from high A straight to the majors, but I think the Phillies will probably wait on this one and he'll be a call up next season, early next season
1: you can imagine an infield of Real Muto, Hoskins, Segura, Hernandez, uh, possibly Kingery and Alex Boehm. That That is a, quite an exciting young infield.
2: It's pretty cool that it's just, we can say it as boom as well. You know, like that boom. That that just suggests that homerooms are <laughs> definitely coming, doesn't
1: it? Oh, and cue the headlines. Cue the the, the boom <laughs> headlines. <laughs> we we'll have, we'll have to try and think of some, Ryan, and get them in there. And then try and... T- uh, the first time he hits a Phillies home run, wait for it. I'm gonna have something special lined up.
2: Well, I hope you do, mate. you will you tend to be better at those sort of things than me. You're you're a more interesting person, mate.
1: Ah, oh, don't be silly, Ryan. <laughs> don't be silly. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone who's uh, who's listened, uh, and please keep subscribing and rating the uh, the podcast. Uh, the numbers are fantastic at the moment, so can't thank you enough. Um, hopefully, you all enjoyed the interview with Tom. Next week, uh, we've got Alex Carr coming back, uh, Ryan. Nice.
2: It's a, I didn't know that until you just told no, me. That's great. That's great news to me, was,
1: listeners. No, I made, love that. It was only made official. Literally, well, he's just confirmed. So, yeah, Alex that is Carr fantastic. will be coming back next week. Uh, and hopefully, we'll be talking about a win against the Nationals, a split, at least against the Dodgers, and looking optimistically, ahead of a Pirates and Tigers uh, series coming up. So, what are you saying, Ryan? Seven games coming up. Prediction?
2: Um, I'll say we'll win three and lose four. And I wouldn't be too disappointed with that, considering what we're about to face. Uh,
1: and after my break from baseball for a week, my optimism and positivity has gone <laughs> back up sky high. I'm going to say we're going to win four and lose four. Three. Have I worked out that right?
2: Yes. You can have yes. to seven days. We believe in you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It's, it's the heat. It's the heat. <laughs> uh, Four free in the Phillies for the week, and we're gonna head to the Pirates and Tigers in great spirits, come comfortably back in the wildcard places, and all will be good. I Ryan, love it. as ever, mate, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter?
2: I am at Roto
1: Tricks. Beautiful, beautiful. Ryan, thank you very much. Any final thoughts?
0: No, let's enjoy it. I'm delighted that
2: baseball's back. Let's absolutely do this this week. Let's hope that Nick takes that step tonight because that's going to set the tone for this series and give Noel confidence for tomorrow. Beautiful. Ryan,
1: have a good week, buddy. Ring the bell.
2: Ring the bell, my friend.